0: Welcome to the Kicks and Tell podcast. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, As promised, we're back with the third episode, and this time not a year later, half a year later. Nah, probably like a third of the year later. Uh, I'm Marcus Coleman, one of your hosts of Kicks and Tell. Still loving Jordan 4s, still never appreciating, loving, or caring about Jordan 2s. Joining me is uh, your second is my co-host, Charlie Bostrom.
1: Uh, Hi, guys. I'm Charlie, uh, and I still wear my Yeezys. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Kicks and Tell Podcast, and you can listen to this in prior episodes uh, of the podcast anywhere you listen to, to podcasts. Thanks for joining us.
0: Awesome, Charlie. It's good to be back. I feel like, we're, yeah, I feel like we never left. Uh, still recording over Zoom though, okay. we still haven't recorded another episode in person.
1: Uh, well, it's nice to actually, our second episode was uh recorded over audio only, kind of like a, a phone call. And now we actually are, I don't know if you're recording the video of this right now, but it's nice that we can see each other because I I think think it'll be easier to go back and forth. I
0: think, you know, not to plug Zoom, uh, you know, we're not, we don't have any sponsors yet, but Zoom, uh, I think it records audio and video no matter what, whatever you have up. So I think the last time we recorded, it actually recorded all of me visually. (laughs) 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 And I think I slept some of the clips and I was like, oh, this is awkward as hell. (laughs) Like imagine, you know, like when you call like a relative and like you're with other relatives and they're like looking at your facial expressions as you're on the phone. Like, hey, yeah. Mod, it's good to hear from you. <laughs> oh yeah, we're just you know about to dinner. You know, <laughs> yeah. So it's uh it's very fascinating. But now we get to see each other face to face, which is great.
1: Uh, yeah, it's great. Uh, it's and you, been a while. You can see me. Speaking of sponsors uh, that we might have in the future, you can see me drinking my Red Bull and uh, Truly Hard Seltzer. Ooh,
0: yeah. Hey, we're always looking for sponsors. We're always thirsty. We could always use yeah. a drink. Truly Red Bulls. Uh, hit us up. You know, I appreciate a good sugar-free Red Bulls uh, when I can. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it's been it's been wild. Last time we were talking to you guys, it was around November. When we recorded the last episode, a lot's happened. We're not going to recap. The new year um but we'll definitely talk about some of the recent releases upcoming releases uh talk a little bit about the trophy room one drop that happened but didn't happen at the same Mm -hmm. time the exciting news that we all know about with jerry lorenzo jumping ship to adidas uh basketball and hoping to elevate the adidas basketball brand but We'll get started. Uh, let's talk about, you know, let's switch it up a little bit. Let's talk about some upcoming releases. Uh, mm. I know, Charlie, you remember at the end of last year, everyone was talking about the release calendar coming up. Uh, mm-hmm. Off-White is making a return. Virgil launched a new website that has all of the assets for everything done with Off-White and Nike. He's got a calendar planned with a lot of the shoes that were at is Exhibit and MCA. Um Apparently what's coming up, the uh canary yellow ones are up. Uh the men's sizes for the Jordan 4 uh what are they cream or whatever? I think they're just cream. The all Wait, where you, where, sale.
1: Where do you see this? On the off-white website? You it's on the off white right
0: website. There was a link for a while on his uh on his IG. I think you can Google it now and find it. Um but we'll drop a link in the in the episode description so you guys can look that up. And hey, if you're a graphic designer, it's literally full of InDesign asset kits. Like, there's so many rich resources there. If this had dropped when I was still in college and doing, you know, learning graphic design, this would have been a treasure trove of resources, honestly. Mm. Uh, you know, I would say it's almost worth two Virgil's. Just close to being worth two Virgil's. Uh, but is a Virgil
1: a unit of of sneaker currency two Virgils yeah oh it was like a Bitcoin
0: it was the whole bit when he only only donated 50 bucks to uh oh
1: right 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 right
0: (laughs) I know it felt like six months ago but it was a year ago and so everyone's keeping it two Virgils keeping it 100 you know (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna say Uh, that but it's it's it looks pretty cool and promising you know I I think we all are kind of at the point with off-white releases where it's like a mixture of fatigue and, you know, like we talked about in the, in the first episode, remember with the, uh, the fives, the all black fives that came out and how there was like a minuscule amount of excitement, but it was mostly like the, the general off-white excitement. It wasn't anything to phone home about, you know,
1: the gray ones, the dark gray ones, the dark gray ones, kind of black. Uh, friend
0: of the podcast, uh, T got it. Yes, yes. I think he rocks them pretty well. Like I feel they like look, he can. Nice, yeah. He can rock them well. Uh, I would wear them. Oh, by the way, that's our third co-host,
1: uh, the Brownline train. Nice to hear they, his voice sometimes. You know, uh, it sounds like good old brown like,
0: line. Like drops of Jupiter, just a train coming right through. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it. And then he did like the fives and cream with the black sole. And I just felt like, I get it. Fives are still not my favorite shoe of all time. Like they're not, Mm -hmm. I mean, they're better than twos, but they're by a fraction better than twos. And I just kind of feel like now it's like, okay, we all saw the MCA exhibit, right? We all saw the different drafts of off-white shoes. Right. Now we're just getting, pardon me, Different colorways with the same logo slapped on them.
1: In between the two different five colorways, the the dark gray, and then much later the, the 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 cream sale. Yeah, he he did the the sale fours, which I actually thought were really nice. They were like a solid color. I really like those.
0: I love the sale fours. I am a sucker yeah. for a sale, an all sale shoe like the sale yeah. Jordan one. Which I recently found out as I was putting together my spreadsheet of sneakers. So my sale ones are like beaters, like I skate in them and everything. Yeah. And I remember them being like pretty easy to find when I got them because I bought them four weeks after they came out with like my birthday cash. Uh, and like on StockX and stuff, they're like up to three, four hundred bucks for like a dead stock pair. And I think that's hilarious because I don't know. There was like no hype around it. It was just like, oh, it's a it's a it's a sale cream colored shoe. I don't want that. Yeah. I was like, I was gonna buy another pair because I was like, oh, screw it, I'll keep a pair to like have for nicer things. Just never got
1: around to it. I mean, um, I feel like we, I feel like ones in general have kind of like uh, careened off into the atmosphere as far as like popularity with like fashion true. fashionistas and andistas. True. And these fashionistas. Texas.
0: And then they like had this weird way of like coming around, but then it's like Nike never gets the message not to do a stupid colorway. Like they always no. bring back a retro one colorway and and just like stupid it up a little bit, like the yeah. shattered backboards and that weird leather. that it the shattered leather? Yeah, well, it was like a patent leather, but it was like crunchy. I don't know if that's the right word to use. It was like
1: no, you're you're right. Yeah, it was like uh, it, it was like the uh.
0: It's like beat yeah, i don't, I don't, I don't even know what to
1: call it it's like they they beat up the material that before it got like its final glaze or whatever <laughs> whatever they do to it that's
0: basically what it was and i hated it and i was like i, yeah. I don't like the shattered backboards enough to begin with but
1: that's still just not great No, that's and, not it for me either
0: and then they did the same they did the same things i don't even head. ever
1: see anybody wearing those no, with the the yellowed sole, like the aged yellowed sole, and yeah, the crin- that... the, crink- the crinkly van leather. Yeah, I never see people wear those. Not at all. No, there's stupid.
0: something else too. It was like the or like the hyper royals, the with the with the black toe front, uh, and the blue back with the white vamp and everything. It was like uh, white was kind the of base. like a
1: kind of like a a generic uh, fragment.
0: Yeah, it was like a generic fragment.
1: But, yeah,
0: like, I don't know, people were, like, going ham on it. And I remember, like, it crashed the foot locker and foot action, like, they normally do on a drop. And I was, like, Mm. I was, I think we were still, I think I was able to still go to, like, a Dick's physically and still see a pair there. And I was, like, Mm. I don't know, people were, like, oh, these pairs are going to be great. I can resell them. They're bricks. They're bricks. I think at this point. I mean, I I feel like I.
1: Compared to those shattered backboard, the the uh, the ones we were just talking about, the crinkly vinyl, I do think I see people wearing those hyper oils.
0: I, I think we do too, I, but I think like it's it's like a maybe women like, more often actually for some reason. I don't know. I think it has a touch of gray on it too. I don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, and we're a little off topic, but yeah, essentially, uh kind of circling back the the off-white campaign is coming back with uh Jordan and Nike and right now it feels like every release for them is kind of up in the air there's like no real commitment to dates but apparently what I know what I've heard that we're gonna see recently is men's sizes for the Jordan 4 sales.
1: Um, really you saw something that said there was going to be a release of those yeah Virgil, For teased,
0: Virgil teased it when the women's sizes dropped he said like hey in December the men's sizes would drop," and then they got pushed back and then it kind of came up in the sneaker news bubble again
1: about four weeks ago uh, you know I'm kind of surprised because I'm surprised to hear that because I just figured I remember when those came out you know usually when they release a pair of uh Jordans that are featured as women's yeah s- sneakers. The size range is like a little smaller on the high end compared to when it's men's releases, even though plenty of women buy the shoe on the men's release because they want to wear them for themselves. And I and this the sale fours when they released, I recall that they came out in a wide range of women's sizes, like really big women's sizes that were basically, you know, size 15 men's, you know. And i just figured as, that that was kind of like a statement like hey i can release a woman's shoe that's really popular for both sexes even though it's labeled as a women's shoe when it's usually vice versa you know what i mean i always that was that was this is what i built up in my head anyway that <laughs> that's what head they cannon, were doing so you yeah. head cannon for
0: it. well it's like not off base i mean th- they did that with uh what was it a few years ago with like the sparkling jordan 11s they did like an extended size run of those and they, it's not uncommon for them to do extended size runs what I found interesting about the Jordan Force sales when they first dropped was that the campaigning around it was directed towards women. And it was very like driven and and moved by women. And and you could see some of the smaller boutiques were like trying to be like, we really want to sell these pairs to women, all the pairs that Virgil gave out, you know, influencers and friends and family went to like women athletes and influencers. Mm -hmm. And then he, when he said directly that, like, they're going to do a men's sizing release, you know, I think that was kind of like the, hey, dudes, like, back the fu- fudge off, you know, mm. and let women have this release, because they have so yeah. few releases from Nike in general. That's right. Then uh, it disappeared for a while, but also last year, apparently at one point, the bread for Off-Whites were supposed to happen, too. Those got pushed back the canary yellow ones again were talked about towards the new year got pushed back so it's starting to feel kind of like you know Mm -hmm. a mythological beast but i am sure they're like just trying to not have a a release of that magnitude fall flat because we're in a pandemic
1: what do you think about those canary yellow ones specifically what do you think about those
0: I think they're a good vehicle for me to purchase and trade <laughs> to get my UNC blue colored off-white ones again.
1: Because
0: mm. I sold them, and that's probably one of the few <clears throat> shoes I've ever sold that I I parted with with such sweet sorrow. <laughs> I was like, oh. Because yeah. when I got them, I was like, ah, oh, man, like I'll trade these to get the Air Max uh, 90 off-whites or try to get the uh what was I gonna try to get or the hyper dunks you know like something that I would actually wear more frequently than I just they wasn't feeling the pair from the pictures and then when I took them out the box it was kind of like oh this shoe is speaking to me it's like you look better in person it was like I felt like I had swiped right on them and then I met them for
1: the date and it was like oh my god you're actually gorgeous I think I would totally take those over the Hyperdunks.
0: Oh, I love the Hyperdunks. Uh Draymond Green wore them once in a in a playoff game and I was like they just they look they look like the most punk rock of all of the shoes. And it's not necessarily like a super popular model, but they're functional. I've
1: never I've never seen anyone wearing them, yeah.
0: They're so functional and when they get mucked up and dirty from wear over time, they look better. And that's the thing about off-white shoes that people don't really process is that a lot of them, after two wears, get like 30 years on them, it feels like. Oh, really? They get haggard quickly unless you're walking around duck-footed and avoiding all things
1: dangerous. Like, you only wear them in the house. See, this is why I really... I, know, I don't want to talk about it yet, but this is, this is why I really want to talk about uh, Jerry Alonzo going to uh, Adidas basketball because of...
0: Functionality. <laughs>
1: Yeah, functionality, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Totally. That's, yeah, yeah. Well, let's blaze the through these,
0: these releases. Uh, so some stuff to All put right, on well. your calendar coming up. Um, well, maybe not in your calendar quite yet. The Jordan 4 Cement that everyone talked about for the last few years were supposed to come back. Uh, the last uh, retro versions were in 2016. Um, people have been clamoring for them to come back. Well, they're coming back, but as a golf shoe with golf mm. spikes that are removable. Um, but still not a comfy everyday shoe to wear. Um, originally planned for March 4th of 2020. However, they have recently disappeared from the Nike website. Uh, influencers have started to get their pairs in the mail, but uh, the date is kind of up in the air as well. Uh, I was really sneaker excited. News
1: still has it featured as as March 4th. I,
0: I know. I've been trying to like follow up with people, like follow up with sneaker sites on it. But so far, all I found is that like they're not up to date. Because it's literally pulled from the calendar on the website. That is funny. It's weird, right? I think because it got more press than they were expecting. And I bet you they only have a fine amount of pairs.
1: It does say as of February 18th that a U.S. release date has been scheduled for March 4th.
0: Yeah. As as of two days ago, it's been off the website.
1: It doesn't claim any uh, sources, though.
0: Yeah. It tends to be how it goes. It's always somebody who knew somebody. Uh, But an exciting news is the Jordan 4 White Oreo is coming out soon, too. Again, I know this feels like I'm putting and pushing all the products that I care about, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) the White Oreos should be an exciting release. It's basically like an all white cream colored or all white with a cream colored cement kind of spacing on it. Very cool looking shoe, very classic. Uh, I think it'll go pretty quick, actually, because people tend to love fours. Uh, and it'll be exciting. Uh, Nike SB Dunk Highs, the Carpet Company Dunk Highs are coming out. Uh, I believe they're dropping on the twelfth.
1: Those are coming out. Uh, those look. Those look pretty nice.
0: Those look cool. I just again, I don't know, I'm kind of over dunks, and yeah. like the to me the casing was cool than the shoe, and I don't want a shoe that's an art project. Yeah. And these like tearaway shoes can be cool when done right.
1: They're not for me, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, it just is a lot of work, and then they like, the it. It looks phoned in, to me. Yeah. Like if I'm being blunt, uh, these people are never gonna hear me talk about their shoe. It looks phoned in. Like literally, they said, <laughs> "Let's make a
1: carpet-themed shoe where there's like, Yeah, let's, let's make a print and then slap it over a white." A white background of other paneling and call it a day
0: yeah and then when it comes off guess what you see on the background you see uh you know you see all the heating padding and stuff and it's like oh, right come on guys you can you can right. do better than that
1: yeah i'm not feeling it i do i do still want a pair of dunks i am still extremely sad about those uh these came out since our last podcast the, the holiday special sean cliver dunks that were kind of like a light blue and white with the silver swoosh yeah. The silver, the silver fat laces. I kind of, I'm still sad about those.
0: They were, you know, they were an exciting release. I look back on them. I was looking at photos of them the other day and I was like, you know what? Not a bad, not a bad dunk. Yeah. I originally, I, like, I didn't even bother going for them. I was like, they just kind of seem like a lot you of. You went things. for
1: them for me, unless you lied. No, I went
0: for them for you, but like, I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't going to like, the reason I went for them for you is
1: because, because you didn't wasn't... feel it. I didn't feel the, the need to go for yeah. them. But so actually it's one of it. those things, you know, I have to be I have to be picky because I can't buy that many shoes. So that was one where I just my gut was just like that's that's the one right there. Okay. I, I the love city. a blue shoe. I love a blue shoe, you know. Got to have your color. I like so a pur- I, I like my- a purple shoe. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh but speaking of Dunks, let's talk about recent releases. Uh Yeah. Big Dunks drops the last few weeks. Uh what was like a week ago? Uh, and I guess, no, you guys don't have time frame from when we're recording this, but we're recording this at the end of February. Uh, about the middle of February, well, we had three Dunk Lows drop, non-SBs. Uh, what were the colors again?
1: They were. Uh, so I don't remember the name, but it was uh, gray with red panels. Uh, that was called something red. Uh, they did come out with the, the Royal. Wasn't there a royal Royal Purple? A white?
0: Yeah, let's see here.
1: Release. I know I have my computer in front of me too. I should be looking it up. Um and then wasn't there a green one? You know, I, I should I friend Pardon of the podcast Carl, here we go. Was uh, was wearing the red and gray ones yesterday. I saw the shit. They do look cool. They look nice. The
0: red and gray, the uh UNC blue colorway ones. Oh yeah. Those are like for, I think that was a women's sizing and then like a hyper royal. So uh black and blue. All dunk lows, all retroed, all non-SBs.
1: And that's no, I wasn't feeling any of them either. It was not none of them were like, eh. And it was like, ah, I don't I don't need them. Yeah,
0: and that and that's I think the I thing like it. last episode we spent a lot of times talking about a lot of time talking about the year of the SB mm-hmm. and the year's over. Like, I just think that it's just, it's over. They're like grasping for straws now. Uh, And especially because if you look at the transition of time, the hype started with the SB dunk low. There were a few sprinkled releases of traditional dunks, dunk lows, but mostly it was SB dunks. And if the history, like history will tell you, if especially if you watch that, like kind of, the the documentary they had on the sneakers app, the thing that kicked Dunks up a notch were collabs, like and collabs that had something to say and had a visual
1: identity. And now they're like- Explain to a a Dunks layman the difference between a regular Dunk and an SB Dunk. Okay.
0: um, I'll do it the best I can, but I'm still not the best at explaining it out. Uh, The best way I can put it is the SB Dunk- the dunk, low, uh, has a zoom sole
1: for skating. We know what, we, Yeah, we know what a zoom sole is, right, everybody? Um,
0: a thicker tongue, traditionally. So mm. it's got basically, you know, it's just more protective. It's a little wider, in my experience, in the toe area. Uh, but that's pretty much the, the biggest dead giveaway is the, is the tongue. Uh, mm. There was, like, a few releases where there's, like, the Nike SB Pro, I have like an XB pro that has a skinny tongue on it and I never wear it. It's a beater pair that I like tried to give away and can never give away.
1: Mm, Um, I like the I like the look of the fat tongue. I think it looks cool. It's like a unique feature. It's like the coolest part. Um, Yeah, I think so too.
0: But the biggest difference, like for me, like a wide footed person is that it's got (laughs) space for a wide foot. And this is like, you know, And then if you look at the journey of them, traditionally SB Dunks are all cool collaborations. Like, they're visually appealing. They're visually Mm -hmm. got something that sets them aside, whether you like it or love it. It's, It's like free range. And then you get, like, traditional Dunks, which just basically come in Big Ten college colors or, like, reused
1: Jordan colorways. Right, right, right. And I was the chunky donkeys, the Ben and Jerry's, were they SBs? SBs. The Ben, the uh the uh the the Grateful Dead ones, those S-B's. were SBs. The uh oh man, I can't think of the the skate shop collaboration, the ones that were kind of like sail colored with the yellow and light blue, the nautical ones. Oh the those? Atlas, those were highs, but were those were those, those SBS Those were technically
0: too? SBs.
1: See, but I, those were the ones that I missed out on that I really wanted to.
0: But uh, notra, or yes, those are regular dunks.
1: The highs, yeah. the gray or light blue are the two. Were the two options?
0: Pretty much. Basically, which like, ones did you get? Uh, the cream, light gray ones.
1: Those are everything oh yeah, those that's nice. like
0: gray to me. Basically, like cream. I might have like an eye problem, but uh, and I like them a lot. They're just not. SB. SB dunks and like the SB dunks that I have in size 14s that I wear fairly regularly are the uh, black sheep uh, collab they did. The last one they did, it's like the wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm-hmm. Like an all suede shoe. And it took me like a solid three months to break those in. Um, and I mm-hmm. should have went to a size 15 if they I don't remember if they had 15s available. But wait, I what's that, they're They're 14? They're 14s. So it took a while oh, to wow. break them in. And I feel like every time I've bought a pair of regular dunks, going back to when I was 14 years old wearing a size 14, they've just always fit too tight for my liking. Interesting. Who knows? Maybe I'm the problem, you know? But (laughs) I also just feel like it's a boring shoe. Like, you can look at MC Sports catalogs from 2000, and you will see, for 60 bucks a bunch of dunk lows. Yeah. it's it's a generic shoe it's like not special and it it's not worth the hassle of going through sneakers to try to get you these were the shoes that like you got when you're like like mom mom please please can I buy a pair of Jordans she's like no we got Jordans at the house and it's a pair of Dunk Lowe's and you know and right now just like all the the hype on it is literally just hype but give it another six seven months the world's going to wake up and realize that it's just a boring basic shoe and if you want a boring basic shoe go buy a pair of vans old schools like don't waste your time trying to get in and get in the line to grab a pair of dunk lows if there's a color where you like hey i'm not you know more, more more power to you but if you're like making it a point to get every dunk low regular release like i don't know you're just kind of wasting your time it's it'll be at, do, you, do you own any vans speaking of which Oh, you're gonna talk about my Vans controversy? Uh, (laughs) I'm boycotting Vans because they refuse to make non regular pairs of Vans in size 14 or above.
1: Oh yes, right. We talked about this.
0: Yeah, it's so lame. It's the lamest thing in the world. Like one of my favorite skateboarders of all time, Andrew Reynolds, had like his company Baker. They had like a Baker collab with Vans, and the shoe like stopped at size 12, and I was like. You guys how's that
1: how's that how's that possible? It's just how could like, they do that?
0: You guys know you can make a couple fourteens, fifteens, sixteens. It's the dumbest thing in the world. It's like it's a weird segue. This drop with Supreme for their like starting of this new season. Mm-hmm. Uh for sweaters, for box logo sweaters and other sweaters, they had two X for the first time in years.
1: Where were one X where XL was their biggest? Yeah. I think they've
0: done, like, a few special shirts and stuff with, like, 2XL in the past, but it's generally really rare for them to do. Mm. And, like, those all, even the, like, not important hoodies or whatever, like, the not hyped hoodies sold out like that in 2XL because people are big. People have been sitting around during quarantine getting big. Like, what what, <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? The and, human
1: race has has increased in size over the years. Yeah, and then you in have in general, this... even for non-big people, there's just tall people. Tall, big guys need to get big, big hoodies too, yo. Exactly. Look.
0: Not to and... mention, like a lot of the uh, hype beasts will wear bigger clothes, you know. So, like, I mean, it's it's in style right now. It's in style. So it's like it's not as bad as it was to me, in, like the 2004, where like I couldn't get a one XL shirt at 15 years old because everyone who was like 100 pounds were buying them to look like Soldier Boy. <laughs> it's not that bad but it's still like an epic it's still an epidemic it's still a pandemic and i will not stand for it <laughs> but Terrible. that's that's my
1: vans rant uh but back to back to dunks sorry to get, sorry to get us off on a tangent there
0: hey that's what this podcast is about it'll be our, our new podcast yeah. ranting about things that are too big or too small
1: uh, <laughs> on a tangent with marcus and charlie
0: yep Stay tuned, uh, friends of the podcast. We'll be yeah. there to rant for you. Uh, outside of the dunks, and as they're waning into the light uh, today, actually, the Tope
1: Four Jordans released. Uh, did you get a? Did you try to get them? The Topes, I did. I tried to get some Topes. Uh, what are they like a like a brown? Like a, yeah, it's earthy like a brown black you know, they looked they looked really similar to the there was a pair of mushroom weren't they fours weren't they mushroom fours yeah do you remember like those that. like last year or sometime oh, they look anyway it looked like there was some uh it looked like there's some suede on there or some like really like really grainy new buck or something on the topaz and they they do look really nice i did try for them actually funny story a uh, friend of the podcast Alex. Uh, asked me to go for him and a couple of raffles, and I did actually sign up for a couple of raffles in his size. Oh yeah! But this morning, this morning at last minute, I kind of decided, you know, I I I've, I've been thinking about it. I don't really have like a brownish sneaker. I have a I have a I have a couple of pairs of Yeezys that are kind of like earth tones, you know. But the I thought it was really nice, so I tried to go for him, and then I realized right as I clicked the button that I was I I used his size oh.
0: with
1: with with gift cards that I had saved so I was about to buy his size with my gift cards uh, but of course uh, I get, took an L and then it, it was early enough where I was able to go back in and try to get my size and then I took another L so I took two L's on uh, the tope's Forest this morning and I am bummed about it because I was like mm, you know I think that because I only have one pair of fours I just have my bread fours, which I love which I do love. Bread fours are they're a classic they're a state It's a class. I, I get keep- a compliment every single time I wear them I get a compliment from a random stranger
0: I mean one, the four is just like the the optimal, uh it's the optimal Jordan. It's the best Jordan, but um the bread colorway looks just it looks fantastic. Uh that's why I can't wait for the
1: off-white bread fours because I'm like, those are gonna look pretty cool. Have you seen a picture like mock-up of the off-white bread force?
0: There's like four or five different mock-up versions going around the internet. I saw the pair there was a pair at the MCA show, I believe, that they've been using but I don't think it's going to look like the MCA drafted pair. Like I think there's going to be some changes to it. Um, Mm. But to be like blunt, it's not that much of a departure from the four. You can't really take the four apart and deconstruct it, but like Virgil's whole thing on deconstruction is only deconstructing. Like, was it like three fourths of the, of the artifacts or something like that? He has like mm. a whole theory behind it, which is actually a fascinating read. Uh, I don't know if it's in that Icons book or whatever that he's released, but I, I was actually at the when I was at the show, I was like fully invested reading through his explanation mm. on things. I I find I'm probably one of the those people that stop and read every single thing at a museum. So
1: yeah, yeah,
0: Hype Beasts are probably really annoyed because I was in their shots with my like butt crack hanging out or whatever, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I dress very thotty uh, for the people who can't see me. <laughs> <laughs> Good
1: pants and stuff.
0: Just you know, keep a low rise.
1: I agree though about the fours. Like how I feel like the the uh, the design elements of the four to begin with are all kind of like it's got the mesh and it's got the the rubber eyelets up on top and the the kind of the wing eyelets. You know, they kind of swing off if you if you pull them off. You know. Yeah. And it's got the it's got the big the big sticking up tongue. I feel like there's all these. Wait, are you thinking of the five? No, no, I'm thinking about fours. The, the I mean, the, the fours are not as big of a tongue as the fives. No, no. OK, definitely not. Definitely not. But it still kind of is a bigger tongue. It's, it's kind of a bigger tongue bit.
0: for sure. That's why like the unions are funny to me because they like fold yeah. that tongue down. And I still yeah. haven't like because you got to commit if you seem rip those. It gets done like they're forever it's done, changed, yeah. and I'm like, I would rather get a second pair. I know it sounds like wasteful. I'd rather no. have a second pair, or I like seam rip the tongue. I'm assuming to
1: the uh. The, that's kind of one what makes it a unique shoe. I think is that it's sewn it's sewn down like that because, yeah. like you know, as someone I never had a pair of fours when they first were released because I just you know my parents were never gonna pay me for a pair of Jordans for me. So the yeah, the um the <laughs> the logo sewn inside the tongue that says Air Jordan that's upside down yeah is confusing to me because like back then did people fold the tongue over like that I have no idea because that would have been when I was too young to know right I mean but, I wasn't too young but I didn't pay attention you know
0: also I feel like because I have one cousin that like wore Jordans all the time growing up and I remember the moment I saw the Jordan 4 in person. And I thought, like, that was a shoe.
1: That is a shoe.
0: That's a shoe. And then I remember my parents, because I remember my parents, like, wanted to, like, give me a nice, they bought me, like, a Team Jordan at the time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But then they bought me the Jordan 4, like, jump, I have, like, a kid's photo of me in, like, a Jordan 4 jumpsuit in kindergarten. Do you you know where that photo is? Is Oh, yeah. It's in a macaroni frame. frame. It's in a macaroni <laughs> frame, magnetically attached to my mom's fridge. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. That's right. I had my big, my big giant head. My head has been the same size since I was 10. So It's, <laughs> it's been like one giant head in this tiny skinny kid's body. That's funny. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, it's just a dope shoe. And I just feel like I will say about the Tope 4s though could have cared less i actually slept through it oh i slept through it at the last moment i jumped in and i went for front of the podcast alex's size i caught it by the skin of my teeth and then took the L. yeah but like normally i like wake up 10 15 minutes for release Like have a cup of coffee and i'm like sitting down thumb ready to go yeah i entered it in at like a minute or two after it was still showing i was like let's go let's go for it
1: yeah because i thought it was a draw and i was like I missed the dude. No, bad. I think it was. I think we we succumbed to the bots. I think unless you got really lucky. The bots. Oh my god. The bots, bots. dude. You well, know, I, I haven't really uh, I haven't really been going for a ton of shoes in the last you know over quarantine. I only bought a few pairs. Same. And uh, I've I've really taken. I realized that I actually did go for a bunch of pairs. I just realized, say like I did. I've tried for a lot of pairs on the sneakers app. You know, not really committing to wanting them. But still, yeah. I tried for them and I didn't get them. So I'm on like I'm on this huge L streak, except that's... for the mocha ones that I got for Alex Front from the true. podcast.
0: From the podcast, Alex. You know, that's kind of like the meat of the sneaker game. I think. I think a lot of the fun is going for it. Yeah. You know, like there's just staple releases that you're like, you know, this is a is is a, a semi big release. I'll go for it. If I don't like it or if I don't want it, I'll return it, resell it whatever right yeah yeah yeah. um i definitely during quarantine like didn't even bother going for a lot of pairs just because i saw the writing on the wall i just saw like yeah everyone's home everything's online release half of these skate shops websites are not built to handle this traffic you know half of these boutiques have all these weird like ways of going around things like rsvp i'm on the email and, and text list they texted me when these new Like these new Air Force Ones, regular old Air Force One LXs came out, right? Nothing. I went to the website literally 30 seconds after I got the text. There was absolutely nothing there. I can't believe it. Yeah. It was like the silliest, dumbest thing in the world.
1: And no, maybe it's just me, but all those, all the different uh, colors of Air Force Ones that come out are really uninteresting to me compared to all the other stuff that's out there, like the Jordans and stuff. Even I mean, Dunks.
0: I like, they're kind of, like, well, Air Force Ones are just, like, kind of known for being basic. You yeah. know, they're kind of like an superstar. Like, they're all in the same realm. Just a basic shoe that you find a color you like. Like, uh, for me, like, uh, the ones that came out had, like, the, where the Nike Air was have, like, a little rose on it. It reminds me of the Rose yeah. Bowl. I like I like college sports. So I was like, oh, this is cool. Um, but those, like, they, they're sitting on the Nike website but they were at their, the RSVP sold out in a matter of seconds. And I kind of like, was like, well, I kind of want to support the guys at RSVP. I want to support my local boutiques, but those websites get eaten by like hype. And yeah. it's, it's insane even for like
1: a basic pair of shoes. It's a bummer, dude. It bums people out. But it's not think, fun.
0: But, then, but but that's the other part It's like, it's kind of like, I don't know. It's kind of like gambling. It's like, it's, it's like the thrill of the chase for some people. Like, I will say like when we were in person, like talking a lot in person about sneakers and shoes, I will say like 2016, 2017 was like uh, my like Jordan year where the year I was like hitting left and right on sneakers. Yeah. Uh, And I remember the thing that I was doing was I was going for a lot more sneakers than I normally did but also my like friend group at the time, we would not shut up talking about sneakers. We were just like in, I finally gotten everyone to my level on talking about sneakers. And I had found people that like, you know, had similar mind group think. uh, And we were just going for it. And I was like, dang, like I ended up, I ended up with a lot more pairs than I wanted. And I sold a lot more pairs than I cared for. Cause I'm not a reseller, but I was like, I don't want these actually. Like, but it was fun that I got them. Like, (laughs) Yeah, but now with like quarantine, I was just been like, there's no way half these websites are prepared for this kind of like attention. They're not prepared for these releases, and to be perfectly frank, I I think that Nike and to some extent Adidas uh, are holding their cards for a lot of releases because. What do you mean? Because a release builds hype. It builds like uh like when a drop happens they try to sell like usually like apparel with like union union drop their apparel with their fours. Uh, this PSNY hoodie I have came out when PSNY 12s came out and they sell a lot of like, they sell you the image of the drop. Right. And they right. pick up sales on accessories and apparel and stuff, but also just maintains a the hype that you go into events, they get foot traffic into their stores, all these things. And hype has a tendency when it's only exists online Uh, to be in a bubble and then also to be scrutinized at a higher level for just like, like just for a trolling level. Like it's not as cool as Nike thinks it is.
1: Yeah, And and I
0: say Nike, uh, pardon me, Um, Adidas too. Uh, But honestly, if we're talking about Adidas, there's a reason why we don't talk about a lot of Adidas drops on here. It's basically limited to Yeezys. Yeezys have reached the saturation point. I still like enjoy a few easy pairs here. Like I want a pair of Quantum basketballs, but yeah, I'm not gonna go out of my way because I can also grab a pair off a goat for less than the sale price if I wanted to in my
1: size. Well, and there was uh, last not last year, a couple years ago. I you know when I was starting, you know, I I have I have a small amount of regret for not being into the sneakers until the last couple of years. You know, to where I really was paying attention and. That said, I'm glad that I never like was into the Yeezys until after a, a year or so of them releasing a couple years because I would have paid three hundred dollars for a pair of seven hundreds, Uh Boost seven hundreds and the seven fifties. I think I, no, not the seven fifties. I'm talking about the the the, the, the low wave runners? yeah Wave Runners and the all the subsequent oh. subsequent colors they came on after because they were all, their $300 was ridiculously expensive. I do not understand why that shoe was $300. It has a lot of panels of different materials, I guess. I don't know. but You yeah, have a few friends of the podcast that rep them. I want a pair. I still want a pair of those. I, I do not deny that I want a pair of V1 700s, but I just don't want any of the new colors that have come out. And My, my whole point was uh, a couple years ago they were all going for $50, $75 less than retail price because bots them up and people just don't want to pay all that money for that sneaker, you know. And it's like, oh man, I could, but now it's too late. Now they're all back above above retail price. And I just I regret, uh, they're regret gonna it, drop,
0: you know? you're gonna drop again. It's right now, I think like uh, we uh, we can actually go to the we can segue to the trophy room conversation um about resellers. Right now we're sort of in a reseller like eye of the storm moment resellers are out of control they're yeah. like <laughs> playstations whatever they're called now fives xbox series blah blah blah
1: i uh, couldn't get a switch during quarantine because switches, resellers are buying the switches yeah uh
0: happy meal pokemon cards oh, like man. they're the culture is ridiculous and it's Think like of the not, children it's not even the culture like hype that's the problem. Mm. It's like just resale culture in general has turned into like I get it cuz like it's it's a hustle, right? Right. Like every everyone's entitled to their hustle I think to an extent. But at the other sense, like there's there's hustling and there's like grifting.
1: <laughs> and Well, what do you what do you call that guy who uh what the, the guy who looks like a kid who got busted for oh Benjamin Kicks, yeah, yeah. What did he do? What did he's, he do he exactly? Is the... He is a kid, <laughs> yeah. He, he doesn't look like a kid, he is a kid. No offense, buddy, but you yes. are a kid.
0: I don't really care for that kid. He basically, well, I mean, he does price gouge celebrities, so I'll give him that. Uh, he like got but in what a fight did... with someone for like taking pictures of him or something. I think he was, I mean, he was probably drunk, but he's not legally allowed to be drunk. <laughs> <laughs> but he is a part of that like they you know they get on Instagram they they flex their hundred 300 pairs for whatever release. Oh, it's
1: so and aggravating that so seeing a picture seeing a picture of some some reseller with his pairs you know
0: and, and you know what like if it's a trophy like the trophy room I was like if the trophy rooms you do those with those I don't care because that shoe was already unattainable you do that with the so can you, Jordan can Ford, you I don't
1: care. For like, the audience that are, are not familiar, can you briefly describe what happened with the trophy, the trophy ones? once?
0: Yes. Let's uh, a little, a little, for those of you who are passive sneaker followers, and those of you who are big sneaker followers, I'll, I'll give the amended, the, the, the short version of this. Um, yeah. The uh, least important Jordan child, Marcus Jordan, um, my least favorite Jordan of them all, not just because he <laughs> has my name. Uh, But because he really ran amok when he was at University uh, Central Florida, the whole thing with him refusing to wear Adidas because his dad's Michael Jordan, and then him just not being a good basketball player, being good enough to demand these things. He (laughs) is probably, he was the most overrated college basketball player in history.
1: (laughs) I'm not going to say it. You you can continue. I'll, I'll
0: I'll stop. I go on plenty of rants about how Marcus Jordan is a complete waste of space. Um but he has his writing coattails
1: is that big expression? Not even. I don't even think his dad likes him much. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's the That's,
0: that's tough, cold. Man. That's that's mean. Nice but, but for real, like you know, I feel like his dad teared up talking about Kobe in retrospect, and he kind of talks about his <laughs> son, like, oh yeah. You mean the son that I recast in the movie Space Jam? <laughs> oh, no. He didn't cast his own son in Space Jam.
1: Oh no. That's cold blooded, but that's some privacy reasons. For privacy reasons. Mike said F them kids.
0: (laughs) Um, anyways, so trophy room uh is He was cute enough. Come on. (laughs) So Trophy Room is Marcus Jordan's Jordan (laughs) boutique, where I don't know, he he put he props up trophies that don't belong to him that belong to his dad. Uh, They had a special Jordan 1 high. Uh, The shoe had references to Chicago, references to his dad's success. Kind of like faded red, right? Faded red. It had like a blue, a clear ice blue bottom, uh, like Mm. a red pendant thing. This, uh, apparently the trophy room, trophy room ones had different laces than the general release trophy ones that were still, there was only a finite amount of pairs made it was a whole rigmarole. Mm. We had been hearing nonstop about this shoe for the better part of the beginning of 2020. To me, like, if crappy things to happen in 2020, that is in the top 10. Uh, yeah. Just kidding. I don't want to make light. A lot happened in 2020. Uh, <laughs> and for some reason, we had to hear Marcus Jordan run his stupid mouth. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> so, Marcus You mean Jordan... in, the,
1: in the documentary, you mean? Or...
0: Yeah, he has a, He was in the doc too, and I was like,
1: "Oh man!" For like one for like one minute, for one second. And that episode on Netflix, they gave a three. Uh, <laughs> you didn't you didn't need to put Marcus Jordan in there? Come on, guys! Come on, guys! He's
0: not important. He doesn't even know how to play what basketball.
1: He <laughs> was like six years old. What does he know? He doesn't know nothing. Uh, He's just a dummy. But uh, so trophy room,
0: they they like we're gonna have these shoes, and I think originally they were like kind of hyped up around the last dance. So. for sure limited numbers limited releases finally we get to the to the finish line it's like they're about to release and then around really november december pairs start showing up they start showing up with celebrities Like you're like you know you think yeah you know it makes sense that xyz celebrity has a pair but then they start showing up on cream and they start showing up in forums and social media And all of a sudden, resellers have pairs. Now, these shoes are very, like, well-built. And the material is very fine and nice. It's not an easy shoe to make a fake. Mm. I I mean, I'm saying that analytically, who knows? Maybe there's, like, a master faker somewhere and wherever making super great fakes. But people were all of a sudden, these pairs are showing up. So then Benjamin Kicks at some point posts a photo with him in a room and he has roughly a hundred to two hundred pairs. If oh, not the more. trophy room ones. Yeah. Trophy room ones. And I can say personally, this dude that I know that gets early pairs and has his own like connection, he was offering slots and he had about 60 slots. Now people are trying to figure out well where are these are getting backdoored from. Right? So then all of yeah. a sudden people start asking questions about trophy room and Trophy Room, it comes out. Uh, there's a lot of like people like on Instagram and stuff showing like, yeah, I actually got a pair shipped to me from the address that is Trophy Room or distribution that's connected to Trophy Room. And then all these pairs showed up early. So then when the release hit, bots destroyed it the first time. So they canceled it and they redid it again, redid the online raffle again. Then that went through, and very few people. It was like the Dior ones. It was like very few people really got through. Yeah. And then people started asking questions. And then uh, Complex has a really good like run run through. Uh, we'll, I'll throw the link inside of the inside of the podcast description. But Complex is a really good run through of like just how shady the drop was as a whole. Mm. Uh, let me leave a note to myself. Uh,
1: let's see yeah but that's uh
0: it was wild but the biggest thing that came out of it was that like and you Jordan... sign up you
1: sign up just like on a website just like a uh, uh like a form like a raffle form just like any right just yeah to, so like so people how... could
0: do multiple they could they can kind of screw with the system in all sorts of ways right um but then the biggest part was like, well, trophy rooms south of the border, like it's it's in like you know, the southern states is in Florida, right? right? So in Florida, Benjamin Kicks is out in Florida. This this mug's got a bunch of pairs, other resources. Yeah. So then at some point, Marcus Jordan claimed, well, the early pairs you see have different laces on them. The Jordan trophy room pairs have like a blue lace on them. And it's like, really, really, that's what you're gonna <laughs> lean into on the laces who's your lawyer the ghost of robert kardashian like come on man (laughs) (laughs) so it, it gets it gets completely messy as a release people are people are claiming their reels are real and there's no real fakes in the market it's a mess and then it just brought up the discussion again about like you know what's this culture of reselling at like, it's all right. People backdoor things. Like, it's, it's part of the history of sneakers, but the volume and just the ineptitude and, like, the, the, the blatant disregard for any sense of a system of fairness. Is, I blame Marcus Jordan. I blame Marcus Jordan, but he's he's a part of the problem. I mean, what, what quality? Like, he's... Don't sell a pair and sell your system short or sell it as like it's going to be a fair system just say like it's going to be a tough it's going to be a tough one if you get it you get it if you don't you don't
1: yeah
0: and it's also not that good of a shoe to be like losing your mind over but I, I kind of agree the biggest problem was that like it was primed it was primed for it was primed for being manipulated it was it was built for it and I think that's mm. where we're at right now with some of these releases these high profile releases at least I mean, I remember during All-Star Weekend a year ago, uh, this time a year ago, uh, I remember everyone was coming around like, yeah, the fives, the off-white fives and gray are dropping. And there was supposed to be like, people were flying into lineup outside of foot action and stuff down in like, you know, down in the loop. And people had Snapchat videos of them literally out the back door handing pairs off to people.
1: Mm. it's terrible
0: but again like it's there's an allowable amount in it you know what i mean like there's like a it's built into the culture of sneakers i think and and just what's the solution
1: though what's the solution to keep people from taking from uh, abusing it you know
0: there's no real solution really it's just taking the culture vultures out of streetwear and out of sneakers because that's the thing is is like the real abuse comes from culture vultures you know, like a real hustler, like a, a dude a hustling sneakers for real is not really concerned about bots. They know someone in person, they got an in person handshake that they can get things from. Yeah. I'm not worried about that guy. I don't care. What I don't care for is like dudes, dudes not originally from the culture showing up to these places and basically drop in a, a lot of cash at some of those boutiques that those yeah. people can't say no to. Right. Cause it's like, like guys like Benjamin kicks, he has no stake in the game. He's just like, it's like a cute funny story about a rich little white kid that like got into the game. And now he's, he's got a name. Now he knows Drake. He can text Drake like good for you. Congratulations. What have you actually done for your community? Because right now you're in you're like inserting yourself into a community that is mainly built upon people of color, and you are yeah. you're kind of like grossly taking advantage of it. Maybe that's a different podcast, but that's the kind of like reseller behavior I don't care for. It's the people that like literally cause the chaos that lead to people getting shot in a mall.
1: Yeah, dude. It's like um <laughs> what um I feel like it can't even be that lucrative, like um, unless you're Benjamin Kicks and you have the connections to celebrities where you're, you know, priority access to like you know kind of a coveted Jordan One or something, and you pay you pay a thousand dollars for it because you're a celebrity and you got money that you don't care about, you know. Like why? It's toxic. It's. The, I feel like the only solution is, you know, the the sneaker, the sneaker love needs to go out of style, and I I you know. I know things go up and down but I feel like sneakers have always kind of been an underlying feature of um, you know pop culture in the, in the last in the last you know 40 40 or so years since these like big big name brand athletic companies have made have made like signature sneakers that are featured by athletes everybody loves and stuff they they're going to always be like a thing I I think there's like a the interesting thing is I I don't know if there's any a lot of new athletes that are having signature sneakers that become popular. Like LeBron's got some stuff that I feel like some people, people like Kobe's definitely got some, like those, uh, those neon green Kobe's that came out recently. those were, those were like, that was the first time I feel like I saw people being excited about a non-Jordan sneaker where it was hard to get where they, they went in like a second off of uh, the sneakers drop, you know?
0: Yeah. Kobe's have always kind of gone on and off, but like, yeah, Kobe and LeBron are probably, two of the hottest athletes with a signature model. There's, like, no – there's no other athlete that has a signature model that people are, like, going ham for. It's just – the Iverson is, like, really, like, to me, like, if I think about signature models that people, like – The Reebok, the Iverson Reebok. Think in their brain, yeah. It goes Jordan. People think of Jordans right away. They think of Michael Jordan. Yeah. They think – well, Iverson, the question. They think about the Iverson shoe. And I remember, because I had, like, 18 pairs of Iversons at one point. <laughs> really? Yeah, there was a Reebok outlet by my house, and and I lived by a bunch of Dutch people. Dutch people grow really large, so they had a lot of, like, size 14, 15 Dutch oh, people grow really, grow really large. Dude, Dutch people get so tall. They get <laughs> so tall. <laughs> it's, a, it's the Viking blood. I have no idea where it comes. I should know. I mean, we learned a lot of Dutch history growing up where I grew up, but... In Holland, Holland, Michigan. Holland, in, in West Michigan, yeah, uh, but yeah, I don't think there's like a readily. I don't think there's like an easy solution, but I think there's yeah. a just an understanding there. You know what I mean? It's kind of like yeah. uh, I think of it would be the same thing as like you go to a, you go to like a like a Seven Eleven, and you mm. see the take a penny, leave a penny thing, and you know that you have the penny in your pocket, but you're gonna use that penny instead because it's there and why not? That sort of like, sort of crass, I don't know, it's kind of like being like a viper, like just kind of being like the ultimate opportunist Mm -hmm. when you have the choice, like you have a choice to not be manipulative, right? And people will choose to do that who don't need the means, don't need it, just don't need it. And you're right, it's, you know, it's a free country, it's a free world, you're a human being, you can make
1: all your choices. I just think less of you like what do you what do you think benjamin kick's primary motivation is is it money is more is it uh His money is is it he is a boy he is a yeah
0: he is a boy he's a floridian boy right in some sense of the world like an abstract concept he wanted to always look cool and then sneakers got hype he's probably listening to kanye listening to drake he probably heard uh what is it uh it may not mean nothing to y'all da da Was it Forever or whatever with Drake, Kanye, We the on it? Oh, right, right, right. He probably heard that track at a middle school dance. <laughs> and then like went home, got on Yahoo Music, watched the music video, and was like, oh man, it'd be so cool to be black. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, Dad, can I get some lunch money? And then he's been hoarding it. And then he basically went to some Foot Locker or something and was like, hey. I've got five grand worth of lunch money for you guys. You can't say no to this. Give me these shoes and I'll sell it to my. And then I think like they did like a 2020 or like something like a 60 minutes and he was selling to his classmates, his other rich class. Charlie, never in my life in in middle school that I have the means to buy a product from my fellow middle schooler.
1: (laughs) Yeah, me too, man. The most I could do was a
0: magazine sus- magazine subscription or a Scholastic's book fair, but
1: oh, uh, this Scholastic book fair was uh, that was yeah. I got in trouble a couple of times because you basically you could you fill out the form and just hand it over to your teacher, you yeah, know, without asking your parents. And like a book, a book arrives before you pay for it. Then they get billed, and then they. It's, you go home and like hey mom i got this book but they need you to pay eight dollars like what i didn't say you could buy you could pay eight dollars for a calvin and Hobbes, calvin and look i'm glad i did that because now i got all these calvin and Hobbes books
0: but that's the thing but but okay now imagine that like eight dollars then now like let's say i had the means to like buy sneakers from my classmates right yeah. i would have been paying like 100 120 bucks 150 bucks for a grade school in, size shoe. In the
1: early 2000s?
0: In the early 2000s. Just like that, that culture's whack. And then that's what built YouTube resale culture. All this stuff that basically is a sidecar to the actual sneaker and streetwear culture. They're tourists in, they're tourists with like Disney passes. And eventually they're going to get out of it. Eventually it's going to like <laughs> fade out. People are going to age out of wanting to do this stuff. And it's it's cool in some sense, like it's exciting and like let these kids do their thing, whatever. But then there's a point where it just becomes gross. And you got people selling, you know, being an outlet hunter and stuff like that to people online. And it just turns into multi level marketing and becomes messy. You know, in Kalamazoo, they opened this like group of brothers, these like high school kids, or maybe it's like towards Lansing, they opened up a sneaker boutique. You know what? There's not a lot of places to get hype sneakers in the middle of Michigan. And I respect that, but like they can only be the only one. If three more open up, there's no, there's no cash flow. There's no, yeah. People in the middle of Michigan care more about their money and enough enough not spending on expensive shoes.
1: I mean, I I think that even here in Chicago, like how many how many? Uh, there's several resale shops in Chicago, <coughs> on top of little, little streetwear boutiques, like, how, how do they stay afloat? Like, how do, how do, uh... well, and then some
0: of it is, like, it, 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 harkens back to the old, like, an older era of, of resale, and not say just resale, of just the, 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 content culture of, like, sharing content, and, like, what you get and stuff, like, Nike talk days, like, a huge part is online still. A huge part of it is still having connections to people, and then come-ups, you know, like, uh, to me, the best resale shops that I've ever like I, that I go to on a regular or would before the COVID hit, uh, they were vintage. They're vintage people first, and then when I go there, yeah. I go there to look at vintage apparel and vintage stuff that they happen to have Jordans. And there's a huge market for vintage gear, you know. Like, yeah, I when I go to Round Two in Chicago and I see an an NWO shirt that's 120 bucks. To me, an NWO shirt is worth 120 bucks. To the passive yeah. wrestling fan that watched the Attitude Era and then kind of grew out of it, it's not worth 120 bucks to them. But I get it. To the right person, that's a valuable piece of history. But there's no history in a shoe that came out 24 hours ago that you're now trying to flip for a couple grand. Right. And that you happen to buy all the pair in the Tri County area. You know what I mean? Like you're just kind of a jerk at that point to me.
1: But... Yeah, I agree.
0: I totally agree. And that's, you know, but then. You know, as we were talking before, you know, the
1: cold. And you're not, you're not even, not to interrupt you, but the, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you're not even flipping it for a couple grand. You're getting $70 extra on the cost you pay for the shoe or yeah. whatever. It's, back- it's so much hustling. Like, just get a job instead. Get a <laughs> right? job and make money.
0: Like, if you're paying for premium bots, because right now anybody can spend 100 $120 bucks to get a decent enough bot system for stuff if you're paying the top tier to build your little bot empire, you're spending a lot of money and you're not thinking about the cost. This is why children are are not meant to be businessmen. This is why boss baby is fictional. It is because the cost actually to run a business like that, you have energy costs, you have products. It's like mining Bitcoin. Your average idiot can't mine Bitcoin because Bitcoin requires a tremendous amount of energy requires up-to-date processors and graphics cards, and it requires yeah. know-how of technology. A lot of these idiot investors are paying a bunch of nerds to Bitcoin mine for them, but they have the quote unquote capital, right? It's the same process that these these resellers with these bots, like heavy amounts of bot fleets are thinking through too. Yeah, I'm gonna get a bunch of bots, but they're not thinking of like the real cost like energy, storage. You got to store all those shoes when you get them, right? You got to open up a yeah. bunch of credit cards with, with your name spelled in full, the short version with your initial, middle, initial. Right. All these things that cost money in the long-term. And then you're going to like make a bunch of short-term gains and it might look good for a while, but the sneaker industry is just as finicky as the stock market or anything else. So when stuff starts to slow down or taper off, you get hit, and guess what you're stuck with? Debt. Yeah and if you're if you're a kid, your parents bail
1: you out. It just really doesn't seem worth it to me. All the all the work you have to go into it, all the effort you have to make. Like, and exactly. you're totally right. You know, you have to have 25-50 Nike accounts. So you've got to get you either have to get friends to help you, or you have to, you know, spoof your email address and get a bunch of like you know, prepaid loaded debit cards or whatever that have your, you know, whatever it is you have to do. It just, is it worth all that trouble? No. I and mean, then, even, why not play the stock market or something? Or gamble right. on fucking sports, for well, then you, sake. And then
0: you have to sell them. Then you have to move them. Yeah. And if you don't know the right people to move them, or if you're not in the right space, you're going to get stuck. And then you're going like, to, like, my favorite thing to do in the world is when I go to, like, when I would go to, like, Boneyard or Round 2, excuse me, Um, and people would come in and I would watch them come in with like a bunch of like real hype stuff and they're trying to sell it and then give them a realistic price for it and they go, oh, you guys are undercutting me like a mug. And it's like, well, no, you need to offload these. They've got to buy these from you and then sell them for a profit themselves. If StockX is saying they're worth 500, the most they're going to give you is three to 400 because they need yeah. to eat. <laughs> and so then these people think they're gonna outdo the people whose job are to get products resold to people. They're gonna go through their own venues and do it. And guess what happens? It just doesn't work. They get They get stuck. Right now, you know what I bet? I bet when COVID's over in 2021, AMC Television will renew Storage Wars and they will find a bunch of storage units full of unsold, basically brick sneakers. There might be some, yeah, some, some gyms in there. There's going to be people that like just, just lost out. Every so often gonna on be, cream, there's like going to be a, new, lot
1: Yeezys, Yeezys, <laughs> a lot of Yeezys, Yeezy 350s, that have come out with uh, 20, 20 different colorways in the last six months alone.
0: Right? going They're just going to be sitting. And that's that's the thing that's like upsetting about this all, is that the symptom is greed. Right. Or yeah, that's, that's the symptom is like people want more and they can't just enjoy the thing that comes out.
1: You know, and I feel like a a solution, a solution could be that the, the athletic apparel companies like Nike and Adidas. What if, what if suddenly every sneaker drop had such a, a large amount of quantity, like a large quantity of sneakers available for people to purchase? that all of a sudden every person who wanted the sneaker got one and all the resellers got their piles of sneakers too. So now all of a sudden the market is flooded with this one sneaker. So think, it's not, it's not, it's not necessarily rare anymore. And not that there shouldn't be rare sneakers because that kind of is right. part of the fun, but I
0: think there's two what things if,
1: with that is that one, no matter how many they make
0: resellers will always get, as get the much majority as they- yeah, it's yeah. kind of like fishing with the net versus fishing with a rod. Like people who are fishing with the net are just gonna grab every fish they can get, regardless if it's a good fish. They'll figure it out later, right? So Nike could say, you know what? Let's say we take the J Pack uh, Dunk lows, the the red white the the Chicago colorway ones, right? Let's say we do those and we make a million pairs, still half of them will be eaten up by resellers. Yeah. But then the other problem is the second part to that is that a, a bit of exclusivity is what drives the consumer. Yeah. Cause it's a, it's a product that doesn't do anything, but you wear it. So you either have to have like a personal attachment to it, right? Like a, I buy these because of X, Y, Z. Yeah. But also like everyone wants to flex everyone like it's just part of human nature flexing is it's been around since the invention of the wheel like and the the guys in the back room at the the marketing department they know they're well aware that you can't have something too accessible
1: do you think do you think like greek senators were flexing how does a greek senator flex when all you wear is like a toga and some sandals uh the biggest way they flex is they can read True, that, true, true. Like, like being able to read was a huge flex back in the day. <laughs> Let's hope we don't get back to a point where being able to read is a flex. I, I uh, hope that. I think we don't. we're already on the the incline. Uh, oh boy. But uh,
0: yeah, and I anyway. think that's but that's a big part of it. And there's this 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 conversation will always happen. Uh, personally, like in short term, like small solutions. Uh, I think every was it orange tiered skate shop, for example for releases, I think Nike should provide them with secure individual websites for drops like this. So when I used to work in the office furniture industry, one of the projects that we had was building custom sites for clients that allowed them to get basically like almost like a built in version of our online store for them. And I feel like Nike, Adidas, New Balance, blah 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 could easily build like back end sites with the security of sneakers or whatever for those drops for those those places. Yeah. But they won't do it because mm-hmm. they don't care. They don't care right. how once those shoes get into the hands of the skate shops or whatever shop selling it, they
1: don't care how those shoes get out. You know, They're, and I can't even I can't even blame them like you know a company like new balance is uh they're probably thrilled that sneakers they make are coveted and they probably you know if if they make five hundred thousand pairs of like a, a 993 new balance sneaker that that's in style or whatever and they they're able to sell them in a couple hours on the day that they drop like i i think if i was a new balance executive i'd be like yeah yeah whatever we got to do to get that that's what we want let's sell all half a million pairs within a couple hours or even within 10 minutes and if if you can do that in 10 minutes you know joe schmoe who decided to make that sneaker then you're promoted to vp of (laughs) new balance marketing
0: yeah and i think well that's part of it though is like you know i think boardrooms are kind of slightly out of touch with the realistic ways that how people consume there's consumer behaviors that are like you know constant across cultures and societies i think just like partial yeah. human nature aspects but then there's another part where just like they they have to survive you know they need to maintain the illusion of the product to an extent so that customers hold on to it you know yeah like the thing about the easy like, for example like the 350s v2s they've restocked you know the cream ones the uh the pseudo bread looking ones yeah they've done those several times the reason is is because people like them they just like that colorway they want to own it it's nothing to do with hype which is cool that's fine good on them but then they know that that doesn't translate to every kind of shoe that comes out like if they had overproduced the union fours it wouldn't have worked yeah it wouldn't have worked at all
1: yeah like look, I agree. Look, at, look
0: at the look at the union non four union shoes and you could have bought those for like an, up to an hour afterwards when it
1: dropped. You know, maybe and, not an hour. Do you but... think do you think those are um do you think those are cool? Have you yeah, ever seen I, some? I think I I, like like, all I think I've the seen shoes, the uh, except for the ones. What, what, um, what were the other ones that came out at the same time as the fours?
0: Was it the Superfly
1: 3 and the Delta? The Deltas.
0: Deltas, was it?
1: the deltas are like a newer style jordan right yeah like, non, like a team Jordan. i actually i kind of like those i kind of like i don't i wouldn't buy them i probably wouldn't wear them yeah. but they look like they look like a fashion sneaker that you could play basketball in
0: but that's but that's the big part about sneaker culture. think about all the shoes that like go out right away they're always yeah. staple shoes i think the difference between a sneaker head and like a person in sneaker culture versus like a tourist is that a sneaker culture person is thinking about a shoe and functionality what do you think about how it wears, you know, versus like, yeah. oh, it's hot, it's hot right now, so I gotta get it. Like, there's people who probably looked at the Cactus Trail, uh, Travis Scott's and went, ugly shoe, but 270s are kind of comfortable and it's kind of hype, I'll take it. Versus right. people that, like, it's Travis Scott, I gotta have it. If I don't have it, people are gonna hate me, and my girlfriend will never kiss me on the lips, you know, yeah. And, <laughs> I like
1: those. The more speaking of those, uh, those two seventies, I like those. I think they. I kind of, they they did not look good in the in the pictures in sneakers. But I feel like the couple of times I've seen them on somebody in real life. Do you have yours or did you sell yours? I sold mine because they
0: weren't worth the price to keep them. Like I like them enough, but if like I don't know if they were if they were cheaper, I probably would have kept them. But I was like, "Eh, yeah, I don't I don't like them enough to pay this amount of money for them. Yeah. I'll just get rid of them, but yeah. On another subject, so we talk about. uh,
1: Oh, I was just gonna say. I was. We've been talking uh, at length of uh, resale culture, which we expected, but uh, I think we can move. We can move on from the resellers. You know, that's just a thing that's going to be upsetting for always. For all the the, the guys like you and me, all the people that just want just want a pair of sneakers here and there. It's going to be a contentious point, indeed. It is,
0: but I feel like we're, we're sort of kind of getting towards the tailor end, especially as we, you know, we'll probably hit a recession soon. So (laughs) I honestly see sneaker culture taking a huge pause and not a pause, pause, but like definitely again, it's an investment and a risk. You're going to see those risk assessment people start to like back away from thinking that sneakers are a realistic investment because guess what their shoes and really, if you don't wear them for six years and you just have them in a box in a in a
1: they, they um, crumble tent apart. control
0: space, they crumble apart. The glue comes undone, and you just you you literally lost money if you don't sell them right away. Bro, so
1: I was worried, dude. I was worried that my my Jordans were sitting in a in a rack in my closet. You know, I don't I don't I don't really keep them in the cardboard boxes when I'm not wearing yeah. them because I feel like what's the difference? The the air is getting in there. Unless you like shrink wrap them or something, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I keep them on a little, little rack in my closet, and I was worried that I was going to pull my Jordans on. They were going to like start to be crumbly. Yeah, and I guess that's that probably long. it's a little pre a little premature. Yeah, yeah. Also, you wear but, them frequently, so the glue has like set. No, but over over quarantine, I mean, this is like you know. Well, there's like a the, thing- this is a third third episode of the uh, kickoff podcast (laughs) we're we're a year into quarantine here in the pandemic if you're listening to this podcast by any chance you know years in the future from when we're recording it (laughs) uh so it's been like a year of not wearing cool sneakers i recently just was had to go back to work personally so now i get to wear my sneakers again. that's like one thing i'm actually excited about i have (laughs) to admit
0: well if you wore them initially when you got them that's so, from my understanding, with the way that Nike does their sneakers, at least, is that the glue truly activates once you've worn them to your your heat from your foot. Okay. And then that's when it fully gets you and adheres.
1: Okay, cool. Uh, I,
0: I wore the shit out of all my sneakers, so... So, you should be fine in that sense. That was my understanding of how they work. Um, cool. So, yeah. So let's, you know, in happier news, in cooler news... Jerry Lorenzo from Fear of God pulled off the switcheroo of to me the season, where after having what the NBA drop with Fear of God, having yeah. huge Fear of God basketball releases. Yeah. Didn't think he was going to go anywhere. He pivoted and out of nowhere moved to Adidas basketball.
1: It was really surprising, right? Like I'm not even I'm not even a huge follower of Jerry Lorenzo and the and the uh, Fear of God brand. I have some things, you know, but the it was really surprising for everyone that that happened. I, I think uh, I think people don't really know what to expect with whatever comes out of that. Also, the uh, there's a, there's kind of a long history of for years now of Jerry Lorenzo and basketball shoes. Before his Nike collaborations, he made uh, several several different fear of God sneakers yeah. that were focused on basketball. But what, what would you say for the existing Jerry Lorenzo design sneakers? Is there functionality on the basketball court? I, I believe I've seen, I believe I've seen the fog ones.
0: Yeah. In, in, seen, in
1: an NBA game. I believe I've seen that.
0: I've seen a few players wear them. Uh, Personally, having tried on one pair. Yeah. I don't understand how someone can play basketball in them. <laughs> but you know, I think you know, athletes they have like their own custom inserts and stuff, probably. Yeah. It's just kind
1: of a bricky shoe. Um it it looks like a bricky shoe. If I also like it.
0: people have played in seven fifties, and Jerry Lorenzo basically designed the the 750 with Kanye, so Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, so I was going to get into the history of why it's surprising at first, but then it's not surprising. So, the surprising part to me was that there was Fear of God gear, and I think you can still get it saved in your favorites in the Nike app. You can still see it, kind of. But there was literally Fear of God gear in the Nike store up to a week and a half before it was announced. And then all of a sudden the news comes out he has his instagram post his press release adidas basketball has their press release and it's out there boom bam and then when i went to the nike app and i clicked on the fear of god like gear it was like out of the nike
1: store right away <laughs> do you think um do you know the dude? Do, does anybody know the reasoning behind behind the move like are so is he, i have a theory. Uh, is he going to collaborate with Kanye in some yeah. way like did, i know that they're they're
0: they're close but they like work together like he worked with Kanye but i don't think that's like they're like the band's getting back together cuz like right, it, right. there's a really good episode of Jeff Staple's podcast uh the business of hype where he talks about Jay Lorenzo's history fear god uh Jay Lorenzo uh rich history i think we've talked about him already rich history in sports um right. Fear God is like really sort of like his third act in his career if you really think about that and his careers um, but when he worked with Ye, they worked the 750 during, during all that time um, a lot of creative direction, Virgil was there, you know, uh, Jasper was there, all these people were there that were working together that are now have done their own things and uh, I think the reason that he went is the same reason why a lot of people leave nike as collaborators which is nike has a really tight grip on their brand mm-hmm. and they have to mm-hmm. it's a prerogative people come and go but the brand lasts forever
1: right kind of the same reason why kanye only had a couple releases and then ditched out right because yeah, because he, he, he
0: they got into it over creative decisions
1: he wants to have a he wants to have a Yeezy brand and Nike wasn't going to have him have a Yeezy brand jordan was a unique jordan was the Uh, lesson that nike learned yes it was it was a tough lesson and you know it it
0: happens in history comic creators (laughs) one of the biggest things in comic creation that's hilarious to me is that like in the 90s was like the rise of of image comics and that's because these creative owned characters like comic writers were creating characters um and marvel wanted ownership of them or dc wanted ownership of them And they were like, no, I created this character for this Marvel, and my contract doesn't say anything about you getting to keep this character, so it's mine. You've got to Mm -hmm. pay me or acknowledge me as the creator when it comes around. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Brands do that as soon as they become big corporations because they got to protect their brand. So if you're a collaborator, you know, and you, like, let's say Drake was to leave, right? Well, Drake can take OVO anywhere he wants. But Nike, technically, is well within their rights to re-release and retro any OVO pair.
1: What? So what does that say about the Yeezy Nikes? That, uh, do you think those will ever be retro?
0: Well, Kanye rumors, recently,
1: right? Kanye, when he was like, you know, in his whatever,
0: he gave his blessing for them to do it. But that's kind of like the big thing, is like who owns the design, the collaborator or the person that paid for making the thing work? Right, 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 right. You know what right. I mean? Because like really, if you think about it, it's just basically they're hiring an artist and they're acting as patrons and paying the artist to commission something for them. But who has the right to copy it and make copies and prints? The artist or the person that paid
1: for the artist to make it? Where does Travis Scott fit into this? Like, does he... I, I think he's
0: in a weird blob. And I also think he just doesn't think about stuff like that.
1: I think so, too. He doesn't think about it. So what, what happens when he like wakes up and is like, I don't, you know,
0: but I want to think... have...
1: I think he's a Nike, Will you give me a? Yeah, he's kind of like a unique. Also, he's a unique. I don't think piece but, of it. Also,
0: but also like like you know speaking on Drake versus Travis and Kanye.
1: Yeah.
0: Travis and Kanye are creative people. Right. They have original creative thoughts, and they think with the abstract mind of a creator, an artist. Drake is a businessman he's a machine yeah i've said it a billion times this would be a different podcast talk about (laughs) hip-hop but drake is the greatest rap actor of all time he can grab any beat from any style from anywhere and build his flow into it or make a flow off of it that's a talent no, what if about a, what about
1: OVO sneakers though? <laughs>
0: they're all basic and ugly. <laughs> like this: if you put Kanye West, Travis Scott, and Drake in an art class, and you said, "Paint me a tree," Kanye and Travis Scott would paint their mental their tre- concept, their tree. Yeah, their tree. I can almost verbatim tell you what drake would put he would put an oak base uh a one branch sticking out with a couple of leaves about four branches sticking up and then he would just color in green all around there maybe spatter some yellow in there like it's
1: autumn yeah
0: but he drew the tree and you know what? he drew it great drake he raps on beat he raps intelligently, it's soundbitey and it's good. But he cannot think abstract and creatively. He has no creative direction. None. He's just not a creative person. But it's okay. Because he can he can mimic creativity, which is a
1: talent. It's a really big talent. He has uh he has a, a kind of magnetic charisma. Yeah. That, which is, fine. that is yeah, which is fine. Totally so in fine. terms
0: of sneaker releases, like Literally every OVO sneaker is just slapped OVO on it, threw an owl and some gold on it, and some sparkle, and call it Drake's shoe.
1: But if you ask Drake there's to draw a, a your shoe, a, there's a pair of OVO tens I want to say that look really similar to um, that are kind of like a cream color. Am yeah. I am I mistaken here? But no, the, the, right. but they look they look like the other pair of 10s, that's kind of a cream color that's more interesting. What am I thinking of? You thinking of the Soul Flies? Yeah, Soul Flies. Yeah. Soul 10s. That's a nice pair of 10s right there. Soulfly 10s.
0: That's the thing. But that's but that's the difference, right? That's, he is very like adaptable for Nike. He's like, yeah, you can come in. You can give us what you got. We just need, like, we need you to be Drake. Give you a little output, but you're not going to be creating anything crazy. Like, Look at, look at Tyler, the creator at, at Converse. Tyler, the creator is literally breaking down forms of Converse shoes and making something from it. In the same way, you know, Travis Scott kind of does that a little bit. Manipulates the logo. Manipulates the, the swoosh. Does something mm-hmm. that's so simple but interactive. And it takes a creative mind to think that that's interesting. It does. Like It just takes a, an artist to do that. You know, like if I'm speaking in like a blunt, non-abstract way, uh, there are artists and there are producers. And Drake is a producer. Right. Not an artist. So I think when it comes to like the fear of God thing, I think Jerry Lorenzo, as he's a producer artist, he's a person that can think in the terms of the build, but also can think in the terms of creative abstract. And I think that Nike, he
1: reached his limit what they were going to allow him to do yeah i don't think Nike. i always think i always think about that like what what uh how much creative license does nike give a collaborator like drake or jerry lorenzo like hey you can you know you can take the jordan 4 and you can change the color of any any item in the sneaker but you can't change any shape of any of the panels or nike swoosh or anything like what but then you look at travis scott and he actually has increased the size of the swoosh or uh reversed the direction of the swoosh or yeah uh you know added features to the shoe that weren't there on the regular version you know like a pocket for example i
0: think it depends on the pitch i think it depends on like what they're willing to do right how much how much do you have to bring at one point Travis Scott had a bigger audience than Drake because Travis Scott had a younger audience, and the difference between the thing about audiences, are the same thing any any if anywhere, a new audience is it people turn people turn to teenagers every day, and they're a very vocal in in mar, big market for these people, so of course Travis Scott was huge with what thirteen to eighteen year olds and stuff for a while. And he Definitely. just picked him up and then he could do what he wants, but Drake didn't have that kind of so. I think, like, in that term, in that term, like they just had different amounts of like ability to do things. Um, but I think you know, bringing it back to Jerry, here he is at Adidas. He's done a Yeezy shoe that wasn't Adidas Club before. I don't think there's going to be cross traffic between him and Kanye, but I think the unique thing about him coming to Adidas basketball is that. God, you know what adidas like really kind of sucks at marketing and honestly making a shoe worth buying like yeah like there's like classic adidas silhouettes but they're all the superstar the samba 350
1: you know the easy line what are some interesting things that adidas has done in the past year i feel like uh the what's it called the beyonce ivy line, park the uh, ivy park but they haven't uh, even advertised the, Ivy Park the way it should be. The, the, that shit dropped, and I hadn't, I didn't, you know, because I wasn't really paying, you know, my ear wasn't to the, the rails in this case. Yeah, I had no idea that was coming out, so when I'm looking at the Adidas app, I happen to look at the Adidas app, I think on the day when Ivy Park dropped. Because I check it every so often.
0: The shoe wasn't even in the confirmed app. The the Ultra Boost?
1: Well, like, like her
0: drops don't make it to, like, the confirmed app, which are where the hype drops are at. That's how Yo, much they disrespect I, Beyonce. I,
1: you, I didn't even know the confirmed app existed for until the last six months. That's because I've, like, I've been like they put it on the back burner, right? They weren't really yeah. using it.
0: Well it came out, they got rid of it and then they revamped it and it still sucks. Yeah. Um but that's the problem with Adidas. Adidas suck. Adidas does not leverage its resources well. They don't. They have no talk about lack of creativity. They lack yeah. a massive amount of creativity. Uh Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard is like one of my favorite basketball players. He's got he, he built his own movement. He built his own people. Damian Lillard has like, I like his shoes. Derek Rose. I like Derek Rose's Adidas shoes. But Damian Lillard did like a Ric Flair collab and it just like fell flat on his face. Like one of them has like leaf gold and one of them's like blue, like a Ric Flair robe. And they're cool, but like there was no nothing behind it. There was nothing. They did a, a Lego shoe, didn't build enough around it.
1: Still I'm looking of- at, I'm looking at Dame's shoes right now. And you can get a pair of brand new Adidas Dame Sevens for a uh, Ric Flair's for $110 on Adidas's website. Yeah. Right now, that's that's a bummer.
0: But if like if Nike did a Jordan Ric Flair, it would have sold out instantly and it'd be
1: three thousand dollars. It's all in three minutes. Yeah. And resellers would be all over that shit.
0: And it's because Adidas does not like put the time and effort in to building their brand up the way it should. It's like they're really comfortable being Burger King, not McDonald's. They're like really comfortable being Pepsi, not Coca-Cola. Yeah. And, they, and they, they rely too much on legacy branding with like Run DMC. <laughs> like Seriously. Like, we make track jackets. We're worn by Germans. Like, have fun.
1: <laughs> Man, also, like, I'm a big fan of uh, I, I really like Ultra Boost. Like, I think they're extremely comfortable. I think they look cool. So the, the first few years of Ultra Boost had a similar look and design. The sole was basically the same. Yeah. and then the the upper was all mostly the same with some changes in like how the paneling was and like the the look of the weave of the uh the prime knit you know yeah. uh but then the last couple of years 2019 2020 2021 they've kind of they've altered the appearance of the Kinda, sneaker yeah and 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 i'm just i'm i'm kind of like a you know I, earlier i said i was a layman in uh the sneaker, the sneaker world as a, an enthusiast, it seemed like Ultra Boost was kind of one of the one of the prime shoes that kind of made Adidas, uh, gave them a, a place in the sneaker world. You know, yeah. Uh, and they they can I just say they fucking ruined it. They they took this Ultra Boost, they yeah. they wanted to make it functional. They gave they made it a thicker boost, and then have you seen the most recent Ultra Boost, the uh, twenty twenty one the Ultra one? Boost. <laughs> I mean, the they made it. So they took the ba- they took the thick Ultra Boost sole, and they kind of they made the back end pointy, kind of like a like a Nike oh. Pegasus, you know?
0: Yeah, I know what you're talking about.
1: So it's it's not really a, a it's not really a sneaker that you would you would wear with like a streetwear fit, you know? It's kind of a it's like a running shoe, and I don't even think people really like running in Ultra Boost. So I just I just don't really understand what are they doing? Like, what are they doing with their shoes? Yeah. Do, do yeah. people, do, you know, who's their other big stars besides uh, I West don't think Damon they product market. Derek Rose. Uh, you know, Steve Harden. I mean, uh, not James Harden. James says Steve Harden. <laughs> James, <laughs> James, Steve a, Harvey. I'm a, I'm a, the Steve no, Harvey Ultra Boost ones. <laughs> it, was a, uh, it was a mistake in my, That's in my brain that. there, but, hey, but James Dave, Harden, like his, his, hey. his Adidas sneakers kind of look cool. I don't know. I don't like James Harden, so... Uh,
0: <laughs> he's he's like... He's in Marcus Jordan territory for me. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, that's the problem. I think part of it is they're a German company, and so European companies have a different mindset when it comes to marketing yeah. and how they do it. That's one thing I learned from like the office furniture industry was like, like... European advertising and marketing is just different. They're not as commercialized as we are, and they're not as like... They don't accept things as bad as we do. But the other side of that is that, well, you may be based in Europe, but you're also, you have a huge grouping of people in America and a huge grouping you're missing out on. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like Adidas is like, is not thinking rational. Like you have Beyonce who is single-handedly one of the biggest stars in this universe, in the there's the last a superstar. There's a superstar somewhere on a on a distant planet called Jupiter that is dwarfed by Beyonce, right? Like, how do you have her on your label and you don't? Your entire profile hasn't risen.
1: Well, Before to be first, fair, the the uh, when all of her apparel and sneakers dropped, the sneakers and most of the clothes did sell out very quickly.
0: They did, but like when you think of like the soft, when you think of like the soft power they would gain, it's very little. They don't. It was probably
1: like an an hour or two. They sat on the website before they were all purchased. Whereas on a Nike, a sneakers drop, uh, there was there was one recently where they had apparel. Oh Stussy. Yeah, Stussy. All the all the Stussy clothes. Sold out, really? Boom! Yeah, like in a minute. Yeah, the hoodies and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. It's, it's sad like, for it's sad for Ivy Park and Beyonce.
0: Well, well, that's thing is Ivy Park exists there. It's like Ivy Park is doing Adidas a favor right now. That's yeah. really what it looks like. And you know who has anything to gain from this? Beyonce. Beyonce's brand, yeah. Ivy Park, grows, and it's going to outgrow Adidas. Just wait. And Adidas is going to. Be- I like I like those Ivy Park Ultra
1: boosts, too. They look nice.
0: I. I like the marketing of all of the Ivy park gear. I think they're doing a really good job. And I think they're focusing a lot on women of color and they're doing a good job of building the brand around that. And Adidas traditionally is really bad with people of color. (laughs) Like it's been bad in the last decade. And they have a moment to really right those wrongs and they could have the vehicle and voice of Beyonce to, to start a new chapter and they just are not thinking at all. It's just so dumb to me.
1: I mean, if you think about some of the other um, Adidas collaborations, like they did the they did a Game of Thrones and Star Wars collaboration, you know I, the um, the TV show or like
0: well, they did like Star Pixar. Wars is a
1: Star Wars is a movie. Like what Nike doesn't necessarily do collaborations like that. It's all like it's artists and athletes. Yeah, and Nike... I, I I don't I really don't feel like Adidas is I feel like Adidas dropped the ball kind of on, on the actual design of the sneakers that oh. were with the ones like for the, the Star Wars ones. The Star Wars the ones Game of are thrones. okay. No, they were they were the they were the comedy. Boba Fett, the they Boba were... Fett with the power
0: with the pack on the side.
1: What are they boba fett ultra boosts? What are they?
0: No, they're boba fett uh rival highs, I think.
1: Boba Fett Rival. Right. Top 10 high. Yeah. They're dope. They have like a they have like a pocket. They have a little uh but see,
0: but this thing is those shoes actually did really well. Like those shoes sold out like that. The problem with Adidas is they let their collabs gain everything and they gain nothing. They let their collabs literally like people were jazzed on the Star Wars releases. People that don't normally care about sneakers were like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Adidas yeah. didn't do anything to pull them in further to Adidas world. Where like Nike is like, like Nike, Nike will do like a shoe for like they did like Paranorman and like that Yeti movie once. They did like shoes for that kind of thing. But Nike yeah. knows that, like, if you go to Nike's website, you can go to a section that focuses on your team. Like, the Detroit Lions, my favorite football team, right? The team that I follow, mm-hmm. right? I know the Lions suck. But Nike has a special section for my sucky Lions. I can go <laughs> there and appreciate it. If I go to Adidas's website, I can't go to find the Pixar collab easy. I have to type in Pixar. Then I get a bunch of random shit. And I gotta like, yeah. like, filter. it doesn't, it doesn't work. They don't do the worst. And if they were smart, they would be bringing these brands in, like bringing these collabs in, and making it seat at the table for them with their brand, so that people come to them to get t-shirts, socks, and shoes. And but they just, they just drop the ball. The I bet worst. you, I bet you, if you took like athletes, like like uh, like Damian Lillard and James Harden, and I bet you their jerseys sell sell five times the amount their shoes sell.
1: I bet so, too.
0: And people, you know, pardon this, I know it's a like controversial opinion. To me, like, God, not everyone's meant to wear a basketball jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Not everyone's I made for wearing... I, I got skinny little arms. I look terrible <laughs> in a basketball jersey.
0: I, I like a classic basketball jersey, but like if I'm wearing a jersey, it's generally like hockey and sometimes football. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But basketball is like you got them guns out or you got them ham hocks out. Like you just have a
1: you got a thing going on. Uh, <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm, I'm working out. I'm, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping to get to basketball jersey status. Yeah, get to uh We're, uh, we're going to a the, hashtag a trending. Get the hashtag trending get Charlie Jacks? Uh, if well, I started working out, dude. I, I think I'm gonna make it there. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't need any help, but I'll show you guys. Get once some it's traps, all done. dude. Get, get those like yeah. neck
0: muscles, Brock Lesnar neck muscles.
1: That's what I'm talking about. That's how you can look good in a, a basketball jersey. I would buy a Clyde Drexler jersey, to, and I would wear them with my. I would wear the Clyde Drexler Trailblazers jersey with my Brad Force, and it would look great.
0: It would be like, dang, that cool is one fly mother? Shut your mouth! That's, about that's what I'm talking about, Charlie.
1: <laughs> That's what uh, I'm
0: But to bring it back to Jerry, I think what's exciting mm-hmm. about this is that they're going to give him control of Adidas basketball. This doesn't mean that he's doing a fear of God Adidas shoe everywhere. It means he's generally in charge of the creative direction of Adidas basketball. It's a yeah. big job, it's a hard job because no one has any respect for Adidas basketball. And maybe the-
1: maybe, that means, maybe that means Adidas is actually ag- acknowledging that they lack creative direction and that they want someone to make them, like, some handsome sneakers, you know? Maybe,
0: but also, this is Adidas we're talking about, they could clearly just be doing it for, like, they could clearly put the same Roblox Nike can
1: at some point. I, I would guarantee that they're likely to do that, in fact.
0: I think what this collab is gonna like what the what his job. I not say collab. There's not a collab. It's a job. His job at Adidas, right. it's gonna be in building the narrative of Adidas basketball. Yeah, not necessarily the design aspect of every Adidas basketball shoe because it's very much the basketball shoe is driven by like a huge A and D team or R and D team. I think he'll have like a say on colorways, how they advertise the shoe, but I think more or less, he's going to be the, like, the, how do I put it? He's going to be the guide that the, that, that they follow
1: to build the brand. So he'll, he'll kind of, he'll have a a ripple effect into other aspects of Adidas, you're saying? Just Adidas basketball.
0: I don't think he's going to affect the rest of Adidas.
1: Oh, no. No. I think he's gonna be
0: like the director of the symphony that is Adidas Basketball. He is going to be the conductor and director, how to make it the how to make the brand of Adidas basketball centralized and with
1: purpose and vision. And then, I hope it's cool. I like I really hope it's cool. I hope we I hope get it's some cool, cool looking stuff out it.
0: I don't think we're gonna see the fruits of his labor until twenty twenty one.
1: Yeah. I think we'll see twenty twenty two. Or sorry, twenty twenty two, yeah. Oh, wow, we're in 2021. We're in 2021 right now. We're about to be the third month of 2021, in fact.
0: I think in the summer this year, we'll start to see, like, the inklings of it. Yeah. Um, But I don't think we'll see its premiere until the next basketball season gets heavily underway. And I think we'll see the full-blown, like, effect of it in All-Star Weekend 2022.
1: How do you feel about the... uh... The Fear of God basketball sneaker. The pre-Nike Fear of God basketball sneaker.
0: I don't non- really have, Nike brand. I don't really have an opinion on them because I honestly don't. It's,
1: it's got, got a thick sole. Let me take a look. I actually, I, I really like the, uh, so look up Fear of God basketball. Make sure it's not the Nike one. And I look up a Fear of God military sneaker. I really like that one. It's like a really tall, like boot style sneaker with a like Velcro on top.
0: Oh yeah, I don't know if it
1: before. was maybe had a strap. Yeah, I've it's seen like, I kind of hate them. They they look like they have no technology in them at all. It's like a big thick sole and a a fairly simple upper. It almost looks like a retro style sneaker with like a big thick sole on the bottom.
0: They remind me of like the Rick Owens fashion sneaker. They remind me of high fashion sneakers, which I think are oxymoronic. Yeah. I think they're like the dumbest thing in the world. Yeah, and I. That's the thing I like about the thing I like about Jay Lorenzo is he's very practical and he's kind of he's really down to earth to do when you hear him talk and I don't think we're going to get fear of God like it was with Nike we're not going to get Adidas turned into high fashion and attempts at high fashion I think we're really going to get uh, an attempt at form and function and I think that's going to be the goal I think it's an okay goal. I think that's like a a decent goal for them to go for, and it's the right goal. Instead of trying to make it into a fashion statement, focus on the practical element of basketball, and focus on building the brand, the brand language, and and building followers again. You know, building building up your stars already at Adidas Basketball, building into their already built fandoms and then making them Adidas people, people that want to look at their next shoe. And if they can do that, they'll actually probably be able to like, I'd say they, they'd be pulling a better one than Nike because Nike, Nike hasn't, outside of the best players in the world, been able to build a sizable brand, you know? Uh, they have not, you said? You said they have not? They have not. Like outside of LeBron and Kobe and Jordan, I've never met a person who's, like, going out of their way to get a KD, you know? Yeah. I've never met a person, like, and I like Russell Westbrook, but when he did the Jordan, he has, like, a Jordan, like, luxury regular line of shoes. Yeah. They're cool looking, but, like, again, not worth me wasting my
1: time in sneakers over. (laughs) Like, Who designs shoes like a Kevin Durant? sneaker is it does kevin durant help or is it some some random i think it's like a mixture
0: like i think it's like a mixture they have like a a designer for them right like an r&d person and i think yeah i think getting tinker you gotta be you gotta prove yourself uh yeah and they come in and they build the shoe like around the person's athletic abilities like if you watch on netflix the episode of um i forgot what that show's called maybe it's abstract They, like, follow different artists and people that make things. They do a Tinker Hatfield episode, and it's really cool. And they take you into Nike's, like, creative lab and stuff like that. They really do build the shoe around the person. They don't just draw a nice shoe or a cool shoe and then make it fit. They kind of reverse it. They take it person first, style, and build afterwards. Does
1: Tinker still work for Nike? Is he not retired?
0: I think he still works for Nike. At Uh, this point,
1: who knows? Because the the uh, the Earl
0: was him and Tiffany Tiffany Beers or whatever. That was their shoe. The the what? The The Earl. Earl, The first of the uh, auto lacing shoes. Oh
1: right, I think he. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did have a hand in that. Let's see. But uh, I'm looking up. I think that if if
0: Adidas can pull off building a shoe, Adidas basketball, if they can build that up and to make those basketball shoes synonymous with the name of the athlete, you know, they'll be successful. Because right now, there's a lot of Adidas basketball players who, when you say their shoe, you couldn't think of a silhouette. You know? And that's really what it's about.
1: I'm not going to lie. I have no clue without looking it up what KD sneakers look like.
0: I mean, I know what KD sneakers look like because he had a really cool Texas Longhorns one and I'm a Longhorns fan, but but like people who like Kyrie Irving, you know what a Kyrie? People know what a Paul George looks like because he almost crippled uh what you what you call it uh Zion Williamson when Zion was playing in a pair. But like Nike, how do I put it? Even though the names behind the athletic shoe brand like, you know, your KD's and your Paul Georges and whatever and Kyrie's they still put those shoes everywhere. Yeah. And you know that those shoes are tied to them because those shoes have a KD on the back or Kyrie's logo or whatever. Adidas just kind of like
1: puts us around and makes a shoe. I feel bad for uh, not mentioning Kyrie earlier because I, I do think his shoes are a step above the average uh, basketball athlete collaborator. I think they're uh, they have a name for themselves. I see people wearing Kyrie's all the time. I feel like Kyrie shoe
0: is only popular because he was LeBron's vice president.
1: (laughs) I mean, he is a good basketball player. He's really good.
0: But no one would have cared about Kyrie Irving if if LeBron hadn't elevated his game.
1: Well, what what if he was the star player on a team where there was no LeBron? I mean, he's always been kind of on a team with a... Like if he never played with LeBron or like if... Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you ever played with LeBron?
0: If he would ever play with LeBron, he'd be signed to Under Armour
1: right now. Oh man, like Stephen Steph and Curry. Yeah. Because
0: Kyrie's good, like Steph and Curry is good, but the brand doesn't care if you're good if you don't have gold. And that's uh, why man, Steph that's got the... away. That's why Steph got away from Nike because they tried to give him some BS contract. And he was like, I don't want that. It's like I know I'm worth more. And, it, and at the time, Under Armour was just throwing money away. So they does
1: do Steph Curry Under Armour shoes look cool? Some
0: of them look alright, but not enough for me to go out of my way.
1: Yeah, the best my thing lift, is so. we
0: have to like we have to think in the terms of like shoes as functional as well. Like, if I was in high school and I was athletic, like okay, I even say if I was high school, if I was in high school, or if I was like a young adult, like in my twenties, and I was still fairly active, right, doing a lot of active stuff, then I would probably buy more non Jordan pairs to do activities in right? I would be doing... I'd probably own uh, Under Armour like The Rock's shoe or Steph Curry's shoe. Oh, does The
1: Rock have Under Armour shoes?
0: Yeah, The Rock has a whole brand with Under Armour. Like weightlifting? I have no idea. I think they're just like athletic trainers.
1: He's The Rock. Big, he big, flash, what he wants. big flash shoes? Yeah, I like The Rock. He's a cool guy. He's a cool guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's a cool guy. He's a cool like guy. Him. The Rock. Dwayne The Rock Johnson.
0: Well, it's been another great episode of kicks and tell podcasts Do we hit two
1: hours did we think, hit two hours today? i think we hit just about <laughs> is this, our, this is our longest podcast our third episode is the charm It's two the charm hours.
0: it's the long episode but you know this is great while you're at your home offices crunching away doing whatever listen to our sultry awesome voices <laughs> enjoy us our vamp but
1: uh i mean we we bring the uh you know the, the regular conversation about what it's like to be just just a guy who likes sneakers, wants to buy a few pairs, takes a bunch of L's. It's 2021, just to be a person, 20, just to be a person right. that enjoys sneakers
0: and hype-ish and all the stuff in between. Yeah, that's what we're here for. We're just here to, like, talk about it, but uh, I think... In a lot of ways, it's been fun to make this podcast because, especially during COVID, I have no one to talk to about this. <laughs> my, <laughs> yeah. my poor wife has to listen to me talk about sneakers all the time. <laughs> oh man, I show I show Hannah like,
1: "Hey, look at these, look at these Jordans. I think I'm gonna go for these." She looks at it for like half of a second, like, "Oh, cool," and then you know, that's it. That's, that's it. the end no of the conversation. conversation. And you don't have any <laughs> like,
0: but I want to talk about it
1: yeah look (laughs) at at the colorway look look at the materials (laughs) no it's nothing
0: i know i think i I think about that all the time like oh man like when the supreme like the new supreme season came out i was like oh i want to talk to people about some of these things that are supposed to come out but yeah my wife doesn't care
1: (laughs) (laughs) special shout out to all of our friends and family who are going to listen to this podcast yes uh, who who might be interested to hear our voices talk about this topic uh we appreciate you Thank you. Thank you to everyone
0: who's listened so far. We've gotten some some pretty great reviews already. Uh, it's been fun. So thank you for listening. Uh, thanks for joining us. And, you know, hey, we'll be here. Same bad time, same bad place. You'll never know. We'll just pop a new episode, whatever we feel like it. But...
1: Best luck to you when your sneakers drops uh, moving forward into the future. I hope oh, everybody yeah. has a good, a good one.
0: And remember, never buy twos. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And anyway, yeah, we'll we'll end it on that. It's been great. Thanks for listening to Kicks and Tell, y'all. Hey, Brown Line, peace out. <laughs>